0: Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A., members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. The morning show. The home team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. (laughs)
1: Crossover! Step back!
0: Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, right here on 960theref.com.
1: I appreciate you uh, checking us out again this week. The Crossover Podcast, episode number 102. Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show. We are presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in Watkinsville and also now out in five points lots to cover today as we enter week three of college football Georgia and Arkansas State this weekend and what really is kind of uh not the sexiest weekend just overall with the college football schedule and uh, week two in the NFL this is this is one of the better weeks in the NFL because you've got the results from week one and all of the the over or under reactions to things that happened leading into uh, week two. And uh, I don't know, the, the Falcons laid a real leg last Sunday. Is that an overreaction? Are they going to be fine? Or were we reacting just uh, just fine to the performance they had in Minnesota? Where did you get that stat about coaches who change all their coordinators and it doesn't work out
0: very well? I heard you talking about that, and I like that. Well, I didn't like it for the Falcons because that doesn't necessarily mean good things, but I liked where you brought that up, and it's like generally when teams basically just change all the leadership that they're a sinking ship and they're going to end up like the Titanic.
1: Yeah, here it is. I got it out of my uh, Football Outsiders almanac for uh, 2019 it is uh, going back to I I guess it's a, it only started in '86. I don't know they don't really go and why why dates back to 1986. But the Colts did it in '86. Um, by the way, there are only two teams that did it because they fired all three: the Falcons this past season and the Colts in '86. The Colts went from nine and seven to eight and eight. The Lions had it happen in 94 they went from 10 wins to nine wins the clowns did it in 2000 they went from two wins to three wins but yeah I mean like basically no team has really improved um the one that the the 07 Giants went from eight and eight to ten and six and won the Super Bowl but With that, three new coordinators yeah okay. Um, but that wasn't like that. Tenants that Giants team in 07, they they won ten games and made the playoffs, but like barely. It's yeah. like they weren't a great team, but they got hot at the right time. Uh, the Jets in '13 went from six wins to eight, and the Panthers from twenty in 2018 they went from eleven wins to seven. Now Newton got hurt last year; they were like six and two right. at one point. But so there are specifics that can change things. So what I'm hearing though is is that basically
0: it doesn't really.
1: No. Change anything. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You might win one more game or lose one more game or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, the best was the the Giants improved by two wins in, in 07 with Tom Coughlin still as the head coach. And then they replaced all three, their offensive, defensive, and special teams coordinators.
0: So – I don't know if we meant to start out with the Falcons, but here we are, yeah, and we're let's taping do it. this on a Thursday, <laughs> and uh, I'll just reserve judgment until Sunday night and see how things look against the Eagles, but so, this past Sunday was not a good look at all.
1: Well, the Falcons would definitely fall into that category of a team you would expect to like be on the bounce back on Sunday, because everyone's been dogging them, mm-hmm. um, and... Case Keenum threw for what 370 yards at Philadelphia last week, so you'd like to think Atlanta's offense could get on track. But that's I just I'm having a hard time coming out of that first game against the Vikings, and even coming up with like something good or encouraging you could say about how that went down in uh, in Minnesota. Like, well, you know, the total yardage was close to even, and you know, in the end, it was just a, some sloppiness and turnovers. But the Falcons looked they looked awful across the board. Their lines of scrimmage look weak. That's what scares me. Yeah. They got manhandled on the lines of scrimmage.
0: And the Vikings are good at those positions, so I understand that too. But that's what scares me. It wasn't like they lost on a fluke play or they had a couple of different plays over the course of the game that ended up costing them. They just got whipped. And now losing Lindstrom and the fact that the offensive line is still unsettled. Well, I kind of back away, as Munson would say.
1: Yeah, and then, but all the offseason focus that was put on the offensive line, the first game of the season, you realize, like, well, the D-line's D- no good either. They were just getting bullied <laughs> by Minnesota.
0: exactly. And, all right, I won't count the opening kickoff, but that technically that would be the first special team's play of the game. But So the second special team's play of the game, or however you want to look at it, a blocked punt, the first offensive play of the game, a horrible sack. Yeah. And just the whole thing—it was down from there. It's almost like you know—you don't want to say, "Oh, I can see how this game's going to go
1: in one series or four plays," but you kind of could, right there. Well, I and I can't get—I'm hung up on the fact that in 2019, uh, an NFL team had a 28 to nothing lead on another, and their quarterback was eight out of ten passing. Yeah. For less than a hundred yards. I mean, that's like that's Jake Fromm's stats against Murray State. That's the scary thing.
0: The Vikings didn't have to throw the ball. I know they just ran it down the Falcons' throat.
1: Yeah, and like they don't want to either. Which I know is like sort of a point of contention up there with Mike Zimmer. But the week one, it was like, well, I don't want to have to throw it, and I didn't have to this uh, this weekend. So yeah, it was a disturbing uh, opening day, but. The Falcons would definitely be one of those teams now on Sunday night against Philadelphia from week one to week two that would probably be uh, the spot to play the Falcons. And if they don't, then you can pretty much just write the season off. And here's the interesting thing about the Eagles. Yeah, they've got Deshaun Jackson back with
0: them. They got off to a terrible start against the Redskins. They were down, what, 17-0. They ended yeah. up winning 32-27. to So it wasn't like the Eagles had a great start to the season either, but they did end up winning the game. So, again, I don't want to overreact to the Falcons on one game, but the fact that the problems were the lines of scrimmage is what scares me about this team.
1: And the Eagles on opening day of season ago were really highlighted how weak Atlanta's offensive line was. Like, Atlanta couldn't block them last yeah. season. Yeah. And you start to to peek ahead to the first month of the year, the the Falcons have to place the play the Colts, who now have Justin Houston, right? Yeah. Um uh, the Texans with JJ Watt and there are some good there's some good pass rushes coming up and uh, the Falcons struggled with that in that first game of the season so it's ominous. Big coaching m- mismatch too this uh, Sunday. One head coach went for two when they scored down 28 to 6. The other coach did the deal where they went up 7 and went for two to make it a two possession game. Hmm. So um I'll take Doug Peterson over Dan Quinn. Also, one coach defeated the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The other blew a 28-3 lead. So, if you look into
0: your Chris Brame, Crystal Ball, CB, Crystal Ball, CB, Chris Brame, is Dan Quinn going to be the Falcons coach this time next year? No. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. The magic eight ball says probably not.
1: Yeah. Like, I think the Falcons are headed toward like another seven or an eight-win season. Like, I, just, I don't think they're terrible. But, but they're not a playoff team either. Right. And what they what they tried to fix in the offseason just because of circumstance, injuries and whatnot, they, they haven't, clearly, with the offensive line. And now the defensive line is a huge, uh-oh. <laughs> But wait, they've got Vic Beasley. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> at least they brought Matt Bryant back, so they won't lose any games because of missed kicks. But then
0: even with Matt Bryant, I mean, they dug in on that situation, too, and it made them look bad. They didn't bring him back until the last second. Yeah, because they, they
1: botched that by not even having Tavecchio compete with anybody for three weeks exactly. of the preseason.
0: Exactly. And by the way, it's funny, too, with Matt Bryant making that field goal at what in the final game last year. It cost them like six spots in the draft. Yeah, they went from like seven to thirteen because were they won at Tampa? Was that
1: what it was? Whoever they beat, yeah, one. Well, then they beat Carolina the week what before was it Ca- also. Yeah. Yeah. so they beat so they they beat two division opponents in meaningless games and and gave their two division opponents better draft picks. <laughs> well, I mean, think about that's that. the Falcons for you. The difference in that kick is who who went one spot ahead of uh, Lindstrom was Christian Wilkins. Yeah, to the Dolphins. So. The Falcons could have had him, but Speaking Matt Bryan of the made Dolphins. that kick. Yes. Speaking of the Dolphins, there are questions coming into the crossover yes. podcast <laughs> inbox.
0: Yes, they are. People want to know your expertise, Chris Brame. At what point do you say, okay, this is a play I would I would take the uh, Patriots, or this is a play I would take the Dolphins? Because in NFL terms. And maybe you disagree with this, but if you want to compare it to college, if a team is a 10-point favorite in the NFL, they would roughly be a 20-point favorite in college. Does that equate sort of?
1: Especially a team on the road being a double-digit favorite. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: could you just take it and kind of double it? So if this were a college game, are we supposed to say that the Patriots would be a 36- or a 38-point favorite over the Dolphins – Maybe uh, yeah. You know that is there that big of a, is it that big of a mismatch? So an eighteen or a nineteen point spread at one point, do you say, all right, I got to take the Dolphins? I mean, it's just too many points.
1: I think if it got to twenty one, I'd probably take the Dolphins anyway at like nineteen. That's right. just it's 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 an enormous spread. But there is just the it does appear that the Dolphins are tanking this season. Okay, so no, that doesn't mean the players are tanking, but
0: it might mean just what they're doing to get ready for game day or what they're doing
1: on game day might be the tanking aspect of it. Yeah, maybe, like the players maybe aren't getting prepared yes. properly for the game. And also there were reports after that debacle against Baltimore that a number of the players caught, contacted their agents and begged them to get them out of Miami somehow. So, I mean, am I gullible enough to, to sit there and think there's no way that
0: the coaches would sit there and put their – Players in a position to lose on purpose. Am I gullible to think that?
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't just have. A, I just have a problem with that. I don't think they would either, unless the, I mean, do the coaches have assurances that you're going to bring us back if we like go through this process of like not winning yeah. any games? Or Are you going to can us? Yeah,
0: I mean that's a new coach, right, Flores? Yeah. I mean he has a reputation. I mean is it is it right to say oh well he's he's just doing what he's told and that's uh, to not coach at 80% or 90%. I mean, I, I just have trouble trying to figure this out when you say tanking.
1: Well, I think the, the yeah, what's left that the coaches and players that are there try, but then whoever's above Brian Flores that's trading Laramie Tunsell the day before the season starts yeah. and Kenny Stills and a couple of guys on their defense, that that's like, so that's where the tanking is. Yeah, comes like in. you just don't put your best foot forward. Yeah. And, um, cause I think I, I read of their, their like 2019 team calendar seven of the months are not on the team anymore already <laughs> of the 12 months. Like the players are already gone who were, who were featured in that calendar.
0: <laughs> so That's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. So I think that's where you, you get to it. But then you also, you think about, all right, I mean, Flores does have some knowledge of new England because he was there. And I guess he did function as their defensive play caller last season. Yeah. I don't know if he had the title defensive coordinator, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean,
0: it's ultimately Belichick's the, the guy. I mean, I yeah. don't want to take away from the guys that are actually putting the game plan together and all of that stuff. But Belichick's going to have final say on what's going yeah. on with the defense. I mean,
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick last year in, in week one of the season threw for like 400 yards against the Saints, and they beat New Orleans in the Superdome. New Orleans, as it turned out, was pretty good. That was the only game they lost for like two months because mm-hmm. they were, what, 10-1 last yeah. season? Yeah. So it's still it's like it's pros against pros, and that's for a that's a lot of, that's a lot for a road team. Granted, a road team just won down there by fifty last Sunday, <laughs> but this spread isn't fifty; it's only nineteen. That's right. And they were, but the
0: team that won this past Sunday, they were only like a
1: six-point favorite. So oh yeah, that matter. was easy. That that thing was covered in like the first two possessions of the game. By the way, Belichick, kind of the anti-Saban.
0: Where none of Saban's assistants can beat him, but Belichick's assistants own him.
1: Yeah, like, and that's from that's the, that's the thing about like the 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 variance from week one to week two in the NFL. Remember last year on that first Monday night of the season, the Jets went to Detroit and just crushed the yep. Lions. Yep, and they, you know, that Matt Patricia was a joke. He had his hat on backwards. Right, looked pencil disheveled. in
0: his ear, all that yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah. Guess what they did in week two? They blew out New England. Yeah, and and he also lost last year badly to Tennessee. Now coached by Mike Vrabel. So, yeah. yeah, his <laughs> things assist- to think about. Yeah,
0: I'm I don't, not saying it's gonna happen. We're just saying these are things to think about.
1: For me, it's it's stay away because the the variables with the Dolphins and you don't know like how much they're trying comes into it. But I I, I mean I wouldn't. I wouldn't do minus nineteen with New England either. Would you do minus nineteen with any team in the NFL? Probably not. Yeah. no. yeah. That's just, just so
0: many points.
1: Yeah, and New England is coming off a thirty-point win against Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, so, I, so, let me. So you look. All right. New England beat Pittsburgh by thirty, and the <laughs> Dolphins lost by fifty. So, 19, that looks like a sucker bet, huh? Easy money. Yeah. Easy money. I mean, that money. game should be like four touchdowns. <laughs> Which, by the way, when the Dolphins go to New England this season, I'll bet they will be. At that point, I think they play there in, like, December. Wow. Like, they'll be a four-touchdown underdog by then. And they'll probably cover. Probably, yeah. <laughs> no, no
0: problem at all. Because they've
1: won. They've beaten New England and Miami five of six, right? We looked that up yeah. before we started. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You wouldn't yeah. think that. Yeah.
0: Tom Brady just terrible in South Florida.
1: They beat him last year, beat him in to close the 2017 season, uh, beat him uh, to end the 2016 season, and did it in 13 and 14. So, yeah, the Dolphins have won five of six against New England in Miami. That's a money line shot right there.
0: No problem at all with yeah, that. That's no problem. E- we gave you an easy cover. By the way, the the NFC South is what uh one exciting finish away from being 0 and four. Yeah. So the Saints and Texas that, that helps the Falcons a little bit. I don't know.
1: Well I'm and then, trying to find
0: something. As we're recording
1: know. this on a Thursday, that's the Thursday night game is Coming the Bucks up tonight. And that's
0: right. That's yeah. right. Where the Panthers are about a seven point favorite. Six and a half to seven point favorite.
1: Yeah. And, and after, Christian McCaffrey. And after this, the Bucks have one home game in the next uh uh, between now and week 10 they play they'll host the giants in week three and then they don't have another home game until week 10 talking about the bucks The bucks really yeah because they go they play in london
0: oh okay so I got they've you.
1: got like a two-game road trip go to london and then have another two game road trip before oh they gosh. have another home game so they're they're tampa heavy in the last part of the season then Yeah, but
0: they're going to be might not matter by then. Yeah, they're going
1: to be like, owing and something unless they could beat the Giants at home. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. It's the crossover podcast presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in Watkinsville. We'll uh, take a brief uh, timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk some Georgia and Arkansas state this weekend and uh, take a look around at some of the other action in the SEC and around the country presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in Watkinsville and uh, five points. Download us. And subscribe to us on iTunes, or you can listen anytime on demand at 960 The Ref. Com. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti along with sandwiches, salads wings and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at Five Points in Athens and also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off mars hill road in watkinsville at episode 102 the crossover podcast presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in watkinsville also now open in five points dogs are 2-0 and oh, blew out murray state in week two now arkansas state to uh i mean really to close out the nonsense portion of the season and then like we get down to business after this saturday with uh the notre dame game and then just nothing but conference games leading up to uh to tech so it's kind of been a You know, I know Vanderbilt's in the SEC, but, you know, Vanderbilt and then Murray State and now Arkansas State, it's been kind of a slow start to the season as far as just getting real amped up for Georgia goes. But as long as the dogs are taking care of business, which they have been, that's all that matters. And, I mean, it shouldn't be a problem for them on Saturday either. If it is, then we could worry about that next week, I guess. If Arkansas State and Vandy played
0: at a neutral site, what do you think the line would be? Vandy by seven to ten?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. On a neutral? Yeah. yeah. Just
0: trying to put this game in perspective. Someone asked me that question, and that's kind of what I I went with. Arkansas State. I'm telling you, it, you know, this is kind of a joke, but you know we could complain about Georgia's schedule and say, God, this is this is terrible luck for the dogs because. They, uh, they're playing the best team in the state of Arkansas this year <laughs> instead of, I know. you know, because you know, that's kind of what Arkansas State has become. They're a little bit of a victim of their own success, too, because they're not one of these group of five schools that has these up-and-down seasons. They're good every year. I mean, you look back, they haven't had a losing season since 2010, and that was the first year that they had Hugh Freeze, you know, and they went through that, that – uh, thing where they had Hugh Freeze and then they had, I guess, Gus, and then they had Brian Harson and then Blake Anderson came along and he's been the coach now. This is his sixth year. But I was going to say a victim of their own success because they're always good, but when they play the power five teams, they get blown out. So I think the power five teams now like, we can't overlook this this crew. They're they're good enough to beat us. And then Alabama goes out and beats them by fifty. They did give Nebraska a scare a couple of years ago, but that Nebraska team a couple of years ago was kind of a disaster. Yeah. That's why Scott Frost is where he is. But Auburn blew him out in 2016. Uh, so you know Southern Cal blew him out in 2015. I don't. So I, to me, that just kind of says the, the the good schools, the group of five schools, ain't taking these guys lightly.
1: Well, and I, I think another thing you've got to, like, factor into this week's game, and not that it should matter because, I mean, Georgia's the superior team, but they played last week at UNLV, mm-hmm. and now they've got an early kickoff here. I looked at the box score. That game ended at 1-11 Eastern time mm. in Vegas last week, and now they're going to kick off at noon. So, I mean, it's kind of like they're on a short week now all of a sudden, too, with back-to-back travel.
0: I mean, they may have rolled back into Jonesboro at – like 6 a.m.
1: or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's like the. It, it's losing that, a day almost. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just, if we were playing like. Like let's say we were playing Arkansas, like an SEC opponent, and Arkansas had done that, where they had played at UNLV on a night game, and we're kicking off at noon this week. And that'd be one of the biggest talking points of the week. Would be like that's a huge advantage for right. Georgia. As much as we dislike noon kickoffs, <laughs> it's a big, it's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big factor for this weekend's game. And then you know you get it over with, and then we could finally get. Get amped up for the for the Irish the following week. Finally,
0: now you think there'll be a lot going on next week? Is that uh, safe to say? Seems
1: like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess game day gonna be here.
0: Um, the only way I can see game day not being here, and David Pollock on Twitter kind of sort of said that they're coming without yeah. saying it. But the only way they're not coming basically is if Georgia or Notre Dame lose this weekend as heavy heavy favorites. And Notre Dame's playing New Mexico. Yeah,
1: so neither of those is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Bob prob-
0: Davey's not even going to be there with New Mexico to
1: get them fired up. Yeah. And they'll probably be uh, – I mean, game day might end up being here for that Texas A&M game too. Twice in one year? They've only been here three times ever. I know. So we might get two in one year. Uh, How about that? One year. that? I mean, of course, I mean, as long as George is doing good. But then by then, I mean, who knows what to A&M's record's going to be because they lost to Clemson. They're going to lose to Bama. You know, they still play Auburn in there, too. And I don't think they've beaten Mississippi State since Johnny Manziel was, you know, in College Station. And
0: LSU, did you mention LSU also, the start they're off to? Oh, yeah. So
1: I think LSU is, right now, they'd be my number one team. Well, they've
0: got the best win of the year. Yeah. On the road at Texas. Who yeah. has a better win than that?
1: No one. No one, though. No one right unless now. Unless I'm just
0: thinking, and I'm not even thinking of these neutral site games. I'm just talking about pure home and home. LSU's got the best win of the year.
1: Now, Clemson, I didn't expect them to manhandle Texas A&M, so that was impressive, but they were at home. Yeah. LSU won on the road. That was a great win for Clemson. Yeah. Um, Bama has played trash so far. Uh, You know, our schedule, we've got one conference game, but it's Vandy. We haven't really played, uh, done much heavy lifting to this point.
0: Notre Dame won at Louisville.
1: Yeah, they did do that.
0: I think Louisville's. They look like they'll be. better.
1: They'll be better. Yeah. It's like either Petrino quit on them, or or they quit on Petrino yeah. last year because they were just they a were mess. A, a
0: disaster. And it, Scott Satterfield can can kind of harness Puma Pass. Yeah. Because he's one of those guys. Like when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, it's it is not good.
1: And they were able to run the ball on the Irish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, which is like. bad
1: news for them uh, next week. I think. Yeah. But, no, L- I've said, LSU is, like, you think about Georgia winning the East and playing in Atlanta. Like, I'd rather play Alabama than LSU from what I've seen right now. At
0: least early on for
1: yeah. the returns. Yeah.
0: I agree. Although both of them are pretty good. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> well, you, we'd rather play Arkansas, but that's not realistic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If we can only get a nine-game schedule. In the conference, we'd see some of these West teams more often than we're seeing them, other than Auburn.
1: Yeah, but between Auburn and Alabama and LSU, like that's either any of those three have a much much more uh, tougher path to get to Atlanta than Georgia does. Yeah, because the East just looks like I mean Tennessee is it's like that right now. It's like we're just we're just being bullies if we even talk about Tennessee at this point. Doesn't look good at
0: all. That's for sure. And if something happened crazy like they lost to Chattanooga this weekend. Well, you know what? Actually, I would love to see that just to see what the fireworks would would be. I mean, I would assume that would be all she wrote for Pruitt. I don't think they're going to lose to Chattanooga. But, you know, it's funny. They're only a 24-point favorite.
1: Yeah, like I don't think they're going to lose to them either. But there's also this part of you that's like, but there is a chance. (laughs) So you're
0: saying there's a (laughs) chance. Yeah, there is a chance. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah, and Chattanooga's not even – like they've been good before, but they've kind of been down the last couple of years. So that's not even like, you know – a one-double-A juggernaut. That hasn't been good since they had T.O. <laughs> yeah, when he thought he was going to Knoxville or something. That's right. asked where the checkerboard end zone was.
0: That's right. Where's the checkerboard end zone? Well, there are two conference games. Bama's a 25-point favorite at South Carolina. And what's your take on the Kentucky-Florida game where they're playing in Lexington. It's Saturday night. Kentucky's going to a backup quarterback because Terry Wilson's out, but the line, instead of going – one way it went, the other. Yeah. So does that mean anything at all?
1: Well, I mean, I guess it's just tough to win at Kroger Field at night. I guess so. Night. I guess so. Yeah. I don't. I just. Uh. I. You know. Look. No one thought Kentucky was going to beat them last year after losing with 31 straight to the uh, to the Gators. So now it's been since the 70s since Kentucky's beaten them back to back. So they're trying to end that uh, that streak now. I don't know. Florida has just. Between my, I know they played UT Martin last week, but you know, opened up with Miami. They've already got like 26 tackles for losses. So, I mean, Grantham's got those guys getting after it on uh, defense. And I just, and Kentucky has not looked great in its first two games against uh, against Maction, what Toledo and then Eastern Michigan. I said
0: this. This is what we know about
1: Kentucky. If they were in the MAC, they'd have a good chance at playing
0: in the conference championship game. That's really all we know about Kentucky right now. Yeah. <laughs> Because they've beaten Toledo by two touchdowns and Eastern Michigan by three touchdowns.
1: Yeah. I just, my, for both of those teams, I think I've still got to just line up with my, my, you know, my preseason perceptions of both of them because we don't know that much at this point either way. And that is that I felt like Kentucky was definitely going to be down and take a step back from the great season they had last year and that Florida will end up in Dan Mullen's second season being. You know, pretty good, and maybe have a case to be at least the second best team in the East. So I'd probably even on the road take the, have to go with the Gators there.
0: So if uh, you were forced to pick that game, you would take Florida and lay the eight. What and what about South Carolina catching the twenty-five? I kind of like the
1: Gamecocks. Really? Yeah. North Carolina beat Miami last week. It it upgraded South yeah. Carolina. That that was still. For South Carolina to have a chance to go to a bowl game, and that was a bad loss, but maybe it it, it doesn't mean that South Carolina is just a terrible team, though. Hey, they scored 72 against Charleston Southern. Yeah. They, got it. they made a change at quarterback, and so now Ryan Halinsky's in there, and I guess Bentley's not coming back because he had surgery, right? Yeah, I think he's done. Yeah. So at least they've got a situation where there's not a deal where they're going to be just rotating quarterbacks. It's going to be Halinsky's game. He's at least at home, and – You know they're going to be fired up. I already saw Steven Garcia is ready to head back to Columbia. He's the last uh, South Carolina quarterback to beat them. (laughs) That win in 2010 that they had against Alabama. Of course, they haven't played since then because Bama's been busy with, you know, Duke and New Mexico State. That's the thing, too, about this this
0: game is that you've got all this going on here for South Carolina. It just doesn't give them any margin for error for the season because coming in, the schedule, you already knew, all right, they got Alabama, they got Georgia, they got – Clemson, that's more than likely three losses built in. So, how do they do in the other nine games than losing to North Carolina? They all have any margin for error if they're trying to get to a bowl game. I think they could potentially have a better team than they've had the last couple of years, but it may not show in the record.
1: Yeah. That's why that Carolina game was must win. Yeah, yeah. Because now they're, they're going to be an underdog next week at Missouri. Uh, they'll, probably, they'll be favored at home against Kentucky, but Kentucky has won five in a row there. Then they'll be an underdog against us, an underdog against Florida. They'd probably be favored at Tennessee, I guess, with interim (laughs) coach Phil Fulmer at that point. yes. So then you've got Vandy and App State are must-wins, but then they go to A&M too. Throw that in there. Yeah, they're, they'll, they'll be – if 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 somehow now, after losing to North Carolina, if South Carolina gets to six wins, and I mean, Muschamp needs to be considered coach of the year. Well, he's got the built-in
0: excuse. I'm not saying he's using it, but he does have the excuse of, hey, I didn't have my quarterback. We had the toughest schedule in the country, and I lost my quarterback early on. If – and I don't think they should, but if there's anyone that has the ability to make a decision to – change coaches, I, that's the kind of thing that probably has to be taken into account. Yeah. He loses his quarterback in the first game, and he's got the toughest schedule in the country. But at some point, what, when do you, the natives start getting restless if he's, all right, so he was 0-2 against Clemson and Georgia, and then he was 0-4 against Clemson and Georgia, and now he's 0-6 against Clemson and Georgia. And then after this year, if he's 0-8 against Clemson and Georgia, and then if he goes into next year – and loses to Clemson and Georgia. And he's oh, when do the natives start getting restless and say, hey, we're better than we were, but we still haven't
1: beat our two big rivals. Well, and they two seasons ago, they beat Michigan in a bowl game. Yeah. And now since then, they've gone to, they get shut out by Virginia, and now they've also opened up this season with a loss to North Carolina. So they had lost, including the Clemson game, and lost three straight games to ACC opponents.
0: And it, actually, you could go back further if you wanted to because the previous ACC opponent was Clemson in 2017 yeah
1: that was four in a row that was
0: four in a row and they beat NC State to open 2017 right
1: which ended up being a good season for them but since then now you know South Carolina fans are probably asking well you know we we, they haven't they haven't seized that momentum from that year where they ended it with with a win over Michigan in a bowl game yeah
0: Tough to be a South Carolina Gamecock right now.
1: Yeah. Well, Georgia and Arkansas State this weekend and uh, should be no problem for Georgia. Uh, if it is, then we'll have a lot to talk about next, uh, next week here on the Crossover Podcast. Do you want a
0: kind of sobering stat if you're Arkansas State?
1: Yeah. Their record against the
0: SEC? Yeah. Have you seen oh, I that? saw
1: that they've
0: two fifty-eight and three.
1: Yeah, but only one. But only one of those against at the time an yeah. SEC team. They beat A and M in 08, but they weren't in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. So Ole Miss is the only SEC team they've beaten. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, as a member of the SEC, I mean that
0: surprises me because Arkansas State has been pretty good. And the fact that they're two fifty-eight and three against the conference is a, uh, you know, again, like I said, a little surprising to me. Do
1: you have it broken down there? I don't. Oh, uh, because I'm curious, like, how many of those, like, does, is, Arkansas is Arkansas one of those? Do they, they probably play them?
0: Crush them a bunch. I don't know.
1: Or do they even play
0: them? They may not. Uh, let's or see. Or maybe Arkansas State. They've got nothing to gain by playing Arkansas. <laughs> they've never played. They've never played. How about that?
1: Yeah. So Arkansas won't. Arkansas play Arkansas won't play them. I don't blame them. Yeah, no, no, because <laughs> that's the thing. Them. Like, if, if Arkansas State has been playing Arkansas, they'd have more than two SEC wins. Yeah. But yeah, Arkansas's never wow. played them. Cowards. Wow.
0: So where have these losses all come from?
1: Let's see. The uh, Well, 20 of them have come to Ole Miss and 15 of them to Mississippi State. Okay. okay. Yeah, so that's 35 have come to the so two Mississippi. Way more than
0: half just to the Mississippi schools. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But still, it's still a little surprising. But they're and O against Arkansas. Yep. Maybe Arkansas State refuses to play Arkansas. Maybe it's the other way around. No, I
1: doubt that. They got that. nothing to gain. <laughs> they don't. Uh, they're 0 2 against the Dogs. Hopefully, they'll be 0 3, and we'll be uh, back next week talking a lot of Georgia Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the Falcons on Sunday night.
0: And great work by the Georgia fan base. As I am predicting that a lot of folks are going to show up wearing pink, and that's a good story there, too, or, or the story itself with Arkansas's coach, Blake Anderson losing his wife a few weeks ago to cancer and the Georgia fans are stepping up wearing pink. So if you're listening to this before the game, if you don't have anything pink to wear, you could find a pink ribbon or something like that. Yeah, just Great tie story.
1: tie something on there. But yes. he'll be and he'll be coaching them Saturday. He's
0: he showed he surprised the team last week in Vegas. Yeah. It showed up. No, they rolled. They rolled Vegas. And I know they want to get that sense of normalcy back too, and that'll help them too. But this is a team that Georgia should beat handily, but Arkansas State has some players that can hurt you. Hey, if Murray State can be seven-seven with Georgia at the end of the first quarter,
1: soak in Arkansas State. Well, it was it was troubling. They hit a big play, sixty-yard touchdown pass, and they yeah. even sacked From. I didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. Uh-uh. No. From no. doesn't need to be getting hit at all. No. <laughs> all right, uh, Dave. We'll do it again next week. As always, you subscribe to us on iTunes and check us out there, or listen anytime on demand at nine sixty The Ref. Com. The Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville back next week for uh, another exciting edition. Georgia, Notre Dame, and uh, more right here on 960theref.com.
0: You've been listening to The Crossover presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com.